Okay, I think we did it. Hello, hello. <laughs> coming to you from coming to you from the past. Um, if you could take anything <laughs> from this tonight, take a verbal hug from us. Yes. Tonight and moving forward. Also, our permission to do just whatever you need to. <laughs> yes. To- Correct. To feel better. I'm drinking some wine, and my biggest regret of the night is not getting donuts at the grocery store. I also started craving pudding as soon as I got home. I was like, God damn it, when was the last time I pudding? Because I really want that, like, you know that dessert that you made in, like, Girl Scouts with, like, the crumbled up Oreos and oh, dirt. the whipped cream? Yeah, and the, like, worms. I got home and was like, I want that so bad right now. Oh, I absolutely know what you mean. How could you even call that into question? (laughs) Um, Julia and I, yes, I wholeheartedly agree. Everyone, please be kind to yourselves, be kind to others. Um, Especially, yeah, I've been trying to like remind myself to eat food and just I've been like shoveling everything that I have been craving into my face and um Julia and I both just uh, compared notes before we started recording. And it turns out Julia, Julia, I got a text from Julia that said, I just ate cold chicken out of my fridge like a gremlin. (laughs) (laughs) No, I said I got distracted eating cold chicken, standing in my kitchen, eating cold chicken out of my fridge like a gremlin, just standing there (laughs) absentmindedly eating cold chicken out of an open fridge. (laughs) Yeah. Meanwhile, I was literally at the same time eating a scalding mushroom pizza frozen mushroom pizza from Trader Joe's and I was just hunched over my cutting board just like just eating this mushroom pizza as if that's like I don't even usually do that I just was like entranced like a little hob hob, hob (laughs) yeah (laughs) well we will keep bringing the cozy stuff to ya we really do hope that things have settled down and are much more peaceful by the time you're listening to this if not we are also still here and with you and just um yeah i just don't know but i do know that we have i okay i love this book i also feel like there's so much more to talk about this time like so much happens Mm -hmm. yeah um, also, oh my gosh, we of course forgot to introduce ourselves. This is Paranormal <laughs> Captivity, and we are reading A Deadly Inside Scoop by Abby Collette. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Which is delightful. And you know what I think I really like about this book more so than like almost any other book that we've read is mm-hmm. I feel like the characters that are introduced, I like genuinely can't tell if they're going to be like friend or foe (laughs) you know like Mm -hmm. I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if any of them turned out to be the murderer but I also wouldn't be surprised if like a handful of them were love interests and Mm. it's like really throwing me for a loop I feel like normally when I read books I'm like all right it's gonna be like one of these you know two or three people and it's like 
I don't know. I feel like there's not a whole lot of surprise with a lot of cozy mysteries. But this one, mm-hmm. I'm like, I d- really don't know where this is going. Yeah, no, for sure. I do feel like she, the writer, Abby Collette, has done a really good job of like, still, because I was actually just thinking one of my favorite parts about this book so far is that it does feel really cozy. Mm-hmm. While at the same time, I am realizing, realizing like you saying that made me think about how it is you're right it is also not predictable like like we even said last episode like oh what the character oh when we first meet him um we didn't really like and even Bronwyn doesn't really like but we're like hmm maybe this is being set up as a love interest like we can't quite tell a lot more happens with him this section too mm-hmm. so yeah I agree I feel like this was a really good like it just feels like a good like almost something new maybe in the cozy mystery like it still feels like a really solid cozy mystery like it hits all the tenets of a cozy mystery but it also doesn't fall into anything really formulaic if that makes sense Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah agreed yeah it's just super fun super fresh and we're so excited to talk about it tonight especially but also anytime <laughs> because this book is great and you should read it. <laughs> Agreed. Cool. So this is our third installment in A Deadly Inside Scoop. And um, so last time we left off on, ooh, a bit of espionage, a bit of cozy espionage oh. where Maisie, so Bronwyn, Uh, back to our main character our hero heroine Mm -hmm, of the story mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so she and her friend Maisie Maisie has finally decided kind of convinced her not really convinced her more the fact that her dad is now being investigated for the murder of (gasps) oh no no I've forgotten a name what's his name Steve 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 Baird (laughs) oh stinky Steve (laughs) stinky Uh, Steve (laughs) But get I'm, sure out of here. I'm sure he's stinky too. <laughs> I w- I would assume. I mean, if nothing else, this is a dark comment. He's dead, so <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> there is at least that. If it wasn't at least even a uh, pre pre death, so yes. Yeah, so Steve Baird has died, and because he was sort of a nemesis. Actually, I really liked that Bronwyn even called Steve Baird at one point, like. Why does like why is this guy just like our, my family's weird nemesis? Like why does my family have a nemesis? Um, well, spoiler alert! It sounds like he's kind of everyone's nemesis. In that's this town. true. Yes, we get a lot more information about not only what Bronwyn's mom initially told her about the um, the way that he took advantage of their grandma and tried to sort of steal the uh, the store from them, but yeah, we get some background into, like, the fact that he kind of fucked over the entire, like, business community of Chagrin Falls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one likes him. No, no one likes him. Um, so, including meaning... us. Yeah, including us, and meaning everyone has a motive <laughs> to murder him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, so we left off. Maisie and Bronwyn had just left... Uh, what's the place called? I really liked the name. Malta's, the restaurant. And they had just printed an email that made it look like Steve Baird was 
blackmailing Ari Terrain of owner of Multas. Who has been and kind of continues to be su- a, well, a suspect. He was, I think, in the last suspe- section, suspect numero uno. Mm-hmm. This section, we get a another suspect. We get like a couple more suspects. Yeah. But I think Ari's still on the list. Yeah, the story kind of opens up a little bit, at least in terms of the murder and who could have committed it. Mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah, but Maisie is still... Maisie, for some reason, like, very much doesn't like Ari, and so she's still, like, I think on his case. Yeah, and she is also a little bit validated in that, too, this section. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So where do we start this section? Like, I remember the end of last section, which is them, like, walking back to the store um, and reading the email. But where does this section start? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> oh, are you? As I noisily flip through the book <laughs> because I also don't know. <laughs> it's okay. I'm going to noisily drink some of my beer. Okay, great. Oh, this is when... Okay, so they... After they read the email, the suspicious email mm-hmm. between... And it wasn't even between um, Sneaky Steve and Ari. It was between Ari and... Uh, I think the the person who sent it was under the name Pink Panther. No, his it's even more complicated than that. His name was uh, Peter Sellers, which is the was yeah, the but original I think the actor. E- but I think the email was said Pink Panther. Oh, did it? I thought it said Peter Sellers because that's how Maisie identified. Oh no, you're right. They did go through the steps because Bronwyn knew that and had to tell Maisie. Mm-hmm. That Peter Sellers was the original actor of Pink Panther. No, you might. Yeah, I think you might be right, actually. Yeah, but I mean, it's yeah the same person because Peter Sellers is who Maisie thinks in the last section was murdered um, mm-hmm. because he was a new hire at the restaurant and then like didn't show up. And so we're, I think we're still at the beginning of this section, at least. We get some more connections later, but at the beginning of this section, we're still trying to figure out what the connection between Peter Sellers and Sneaky Steve is. Oh, I just realized you've been saying Sneaky this whole time. I literally thought you were saying Stinky. Stinky Steve? (laughs) I didn't even deviate from it. I, like, didn't even realize it was a joke on what you were actually saying. I was like, oh, you're saying Stinky Steve. Perfect. (laughs) Sneaky Steve. <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Um. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, after after they get that email and read it, they head back to the store and um, they meet up with Wynn's mom and Raya. That's right. Raya makes like a really quick another brief appearance we haven't really seen much from raya yeah she's not super involved in the investigation but yeah isn't she also a doctor like doesn't that kind of make sense <laughs> she's not as available yeah, she's actually busy probably mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and there also is like i feel like in that moment there's like a kind of a funny like homage to that a little bit where Bronwyn in her head is like well I think Raya is kind of asking like what have you guys been up to like why would you leave me out 
And then Bronwyn in her head is like, you know, I didn't. She kind of like starts pondering, almost look like a little um, like monologue in a TV, like a sitcom or something. And she's like, I didn't mean to leave her out. Like she just wasn't around, you know, kind of thing. So mm-hmm. we get a little bit of that, too. And I think she said she was going to fill Raya in once her mom left because she's still trying to like not not tip off the fa- her family that she's her and Maisie are amateur sleuths now mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um, but um when she does run into raya it sounds like her uh Wynn's mom has been uh working her a little a little extra hard that morning i think they had to make a couple of extra um ice cream flavors and so raya was complaining pretty hard about how um stressful it was running the store and how many customers and how tired she was and oh no <laughs> but um when kind of picks up on the the chores and takes the trash out and i think that's when we get our first little little i guess new interaction um mm. first little like bit of I, th- it, I feel like this was like an easy little bit to blow past, but I do think mm-hmm. it's important and like a little bit suspicious. So she, when she's taking the trash out, she runs into Miss um, Crow, mm-hmm. Isabella Crow, who owns the flower pot, which is the, the flower store on the other side of the ice cream shop. And so they, they chat a little bit. I can't remember if there was anything like super important. That, oh, actually, yeah, this was, like, super important. <laughs> there were two important things we learned here. So when, yeah, when they were chatting, um, when asks if she had seen, or if she had, like, lost, uh, I guess, or seen a puppy, um, kind of to get a little bit more information about the puppy that Stephen Bayard had, because, I, I mean, I'm still worried about that puppy. I don't know if anyone else is. Yeah. But... It didn't sound like is Isabella had a puppy or lost a puppy or saw a puppy, but she did have a break in, mm. which was big news because they didn't take anything, but they did like uncover a secret safe in the back, <gasps> like That's in the way right. back of her house, which like, I don't know why this was not in- investigated more by Wynn and Maisie because the flower pot used to be the bike shop uh-huh. that Stephen Bayard had supposedly quote unquote worked in the back of aka stolen the wife of the, the owner yeah so I am very suspicious that this has something very much to do with the murder yes and that's sure. something very important was stashed away in that safe because Isabella didn't know she'd like she had no idea that the safe was even back there it was like behind a a, like second wall that was put in like before she even bought the store Mm -hmm. so she was like yeah I don't know it was back there they didn't take anything else but they left the safe wide open and like you know obviously had a key to the store because they locked up on the way back out which is considerate for a thief but also like super suspicious super suspicious yeah so that is i I think gonna come back around for sure so when exactly was that 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 happened because she referenced the murder so this happened after the murder right um 
Yeah, you know, I think it was after the murder because when and when she mentioned the break in, when was like, oh yeah, I had seen you know police cars around, but I thought it just had to do with the murder that like yes, that's I, right, you know. <laughs> the murder that I saw. Right. That I had, like, you know, the dead body that I found. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it must have been, like, close enough to the murder that there were still, like, police cars running around. They're rolling around. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, definitely after she found the body. Okay. That makes sense. Yes. At least that's what, that's what I am thinking. And then, yeah, the, so the second thing that the second person that we run into in the back um, is actually Althea. I don't know if we remember Althea oh, from yeah. the last section, uh, but she was, I don't know, actually know if we, we got her job, like her actual position at Malta's, but she works at Malta's with Maisie and with Ari, and it sounds like she and Ari are quite close because she gives him an alibi for that night and was like um don't go sneaking around like looking into him like I don't want you to think anything bad of him we were together all night long wink wink yeah so we don't which is again a little suspicious because spoiler alert Ari is the talk to again later on and he said he was alone all night so yeah he doesn't even claim that alibi i know conflicting information there but i am suspicious of althea for sure yeah she also like starts that conversation by being like hey i know Maisie hates ari but like you really shouldn't like don't think poorly of him and like she kind of brings it up Mm -hmm. herself of like oh and then like offers that she was the alibi and so like no one has even like Althea has only popped in very briefly so it's like why are you just all of a sudden out of the blue being like Mm -hmm. basically to Bronwyn in particular being like by the way hint hint Ari isn't the murderer it's like that's very suspicious too right yeah but it was also, like, a little bit blown past, kind of like the break-in. Like, yeah. we, we get those two interactions, like, really early, well, <laughs> early on in this section, obviously, if we're reading the book all the way through, it's, you know, later in the kind of development of the story. But, yeah, we get that, like, pretty immediately this section, and then it, like, doesn't come up again. So I'm suspecting mm. it'll come up again in the last section. Yeah, no, I think so, too. yeah. It is kind of interesting because this whole section, I feel like the theme of this section was Maisie and Bronwyn debate how to be amateur sleuths. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And they kind of, they do kind of miss, I think in their, I think it's, I think it's obviously purposeful, like written this way that like they're in their like trying to figure out how to do it, even as like Bronwyn is less enthusiastic about doing it and feels like she has to because her dad's being framed or uh suspected whereas Maisie is like so into it and just like going Mm -hmm. overboard like that's kind of the tension but I do feel like between that the two of them kind of maybe are missing some pieces because of that (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I'm excited to read I'm I'm excited to see how this like book ends off first of all knowing that there is a sequel and I'm excited to see Mm. like 
going into the sequel because obviously we're gonna read it well duh <laughs> <laughs> um but i'm yeah i'm excited to see like how i guess how they get like wrapped up into another mystery first of all and i'm also excited to see if they've like learned anything and are a little bit less amateur detectives in the next one yeah it would be kind of fun to see them like grow in the sense that like it is a really good dynamic right now to see them not know how to do it and only go off of Bronwyn's fear that her dad is going to go to jail and Maisie's the like just British BBC amateur sleuthing show watching like it's kind of those two things combined that are driving the way that they are sleuthing things out so that is kind of a funny Mm -hmm. tension back and forth where we get a lot of conversations of Maisie being like okay, we need to go ask some motherfucking questions. And Bronwyn's like, mm, don't we need, let, let's just like follow this person. Let's like, not, let's yeah. not bother them. Like, what if they're a murderer? Like, maybe we shouldn't. Like, so Bronwyn's taking a more like, you know, stakeout type, like, let's just watch approach. Whereas Maisie is like, guns blazing, like wants to ask everyone mm-hmm. if they fucking killed Pink Panther. <laughs> Yeah, which is funny because later on in this section, who's the one sitting behind and who's the uh-huh. one going guns blazing with inappropriate questions? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's definitely Bronwyn. <laughs> yeah, it takes takes a turn a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in the beginning for sure, and Bronwyn's also the one who's like, maybe we should just like hang back and like plan a little bit and make a murder board. <laughs> Oh, I loved the murder board. Which I thought board. was adorable. Yes, everything. <laughs> the murder board is everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's based on, I think this is this comes up pretty early, um, but it's based on the idea of a vision board, but it's a murder board. So it's basically them like, you know, pinning up all their ideas and, oh, God bless the murder board. <laughs> yes. Which I think that's actually one of the next things. Do we get anything else? Oh, I think she has a dinner with her family, right? She does. But actually, when she goes back into the store after taking the trash out, guess who's Mm -hmm. there waiting for her? Oh, oh. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who, who I keep wanting to call Q because I feel like Q is actually a name and O is just a letter. <laughs> Q is also just a letter, but I think you're just thinking about James Bond. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get a lot of O in this mm-hmm. section. Yeah, yeah, we do. And I, I'm, and I still don't know how to feel about him because he was so creepy in the first interaction. He was just like seemed like such a skis ball. And now he's like mm-hmm. incredibly he's like this incredibly hopeful like law professor. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh well, maybe not. And like former cop, like yeah, he um all of a sudden becomes like very useful. To the point that actually now that we're talking about it, what if what if the weirdness, because now I'm just trying to explain away the weirdness because everything else about him has mm-hmm. been, like, okay since then. What if he was, like, weird because he was trying to talk to her because he has information? Because, spoiler alert, we do find out that Detective Beverly has talked to him and, like, sought him out for advice mm-hmm. on this case. So what if he simultaneously was, like, getting information from Detective Beverly and then he happens to... I mean, maybe he happens to on purpose or not runs into her and is like oh I think I need to like 
if I'm giving Detective Beverly advice, like maybe I can give her advice, but I can't just come out and say it. Like maybe I have to kind of do some subterfuge Mm. here. Yeah, I was not giving him that much benefit of the doubt. I do think he (laughs) uh, talked to her on purpose. I do think he sought her out in that line. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking because he mentioned that he wrote like two or three books on <gasps> crime in that area. Oh, yeah. I was like, he's obviously just trying to get information from her because he's trying to write his like fourth book. Like, what other that's a good point too motive would he have? And like, he obviously wouldn't want anyone else like coming in and scooping up that story if he's like yeah. the expert on crime. Like, yeah, for sure, he just wants information on this so he can like publish another book. But Ooh, opportunist. Opportunist. But that doesn't mean that he's bad because obviously he's sticking around and like True. being helpful. So maybe mm-hmm. he was, you know, opportunist at first, but then was like, ooh, she's kind of cute. Maybe I'll, you know, back off and flirt. Like be a normal human. Maybe <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'll change my motives halfway through. <laughs> That's true because this this the next couple interactions we get he's a lot more conscious of her. Like right, that first that first like red alert we hate you in the line interaction is him like clearly not taking any cues from her boundaries, but every other uh, every other interaction they have after that he is mm-hmm. like this one actually where they're all in the ice cream shop <laughs> poor poor Bronwyn because everyone has already like decided that he is in love with her and like they're really behind it and so Maisie and her mom in particular when O comes into order he orders a sundae and then they all like gush over like oh my god Broadwind sundaes are the best like you're definitely gonna love it like just go sit down and like Bronwyn will bring it over and Bronwyn's like oh my fucking god you guys and then they don't even let her make the sundae they're like go keep him company we'll make the sundae and so she does kind of you know drag her feet over there but they have a very like he like doesn't even seem like he's going to eat it in the store like he's kind of like looking to her for confirmation that he should stay um which he does kind of again later too which i was like okay you're like maybe more of a normal human being and maybe there was a reason that you were being so weird and boundary pushing before not that it excuses it at all just that i mean maybe there's a more normal human under there hey gotta break the ice somehow and maybe he's just bad at that that's also true maybe he is just bad at that (laughs) um he does so he does give some pretty good solid well he kind of gives the catalyst i think like bronwyn i think is still even though she's sleuthing with Maisie. She's also kind of like, you know, still nervous for her dad and I think also not quite sure how to proceed and all of that. So um, so her big question to him is, hey, as a law professor, so like hypothetically, if someone and basically like lays out the whole thing of like what the cops think that her dad did mm-hmm. and she's like, hypothetically, if this person was convicted, what would happen to them? And he's like, you sure this doesn't have anything to do with the dead body that you found and the fact that, like, your dad is a suspect? And she's like, no! She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, she's like, I literally, I could not even know that that existed. Um, And he's like, well, hypothetically, but also very realistically, um, Ohio has the death penalty, and premeditated murder holds you know the highest um the highest punishment for that is 
the death penalty. So he was like, this person could possibly and maybe even probably be charged with that in this state. And so she obviously is like, kind of just loses her mind. And it's like, it also, you know, the fact that, um, that this is a black family too comes into play as well. And like, I think it's even in this conversation that O makes, it's just like a really passing comment, but he says something like, yeah, I used to be a cop, but like there wasn't enough justice there. So I became Mm -hmm. a professor and tried to fight that way. And I mean, that is something to think about too, that like in a state with a death penalty with a black man who's being tried versus someone else, like maybe it would. And uh, I'm inclined to think that it probably could be more of a likely possibility than if it wasn't yeah no that's true and that i think that comes into play a little bit later too when bronwyn has a conversation with her brother and they they Mm. talk about um like what the and a little bit too she has a like a kind of more in-depth conversation with O about um the kind of like process of collecting evidence and it came up again Mm -hmm. as sort of like well you know like this doesn't really happen around here very often. Like, murders don't happen very often. And so police are going to be, like, really interested in finding who does this, even if they only have circumstantial evidence. You know, like, they're going to pin it on someone. Yeah, that was a very telling conversation, too, I felt like. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But so, yeah, so back to this conversation. Um, That's kind of it, I think, for O on that conversation. And then is it then that she goes up to her family dinner um no at that point we uh very briefly meet um candy who is a new employee Mm. and yeah candy so yeah we don't really get like that much of an introduction with candy she's like you know around for a page or two and um kind of Mm -hmm. takes over the store for bronwyn as she and Maisie. i think this is when she and Maisie go to the library oh you're so right yes and Candy also, I'm glad you brought up Candy because I instantly liked Candy because as Julia and I come from a family that has done foster care and foster care is not always portrayed super positively in media. Mm-hmm. Um, this seems like actually a positive, like obviously she's this character Candy seems like she's obviously been through a lot, but it also paints this really sweet picture of her um, current foster mom and how she kind of aged out of the system but is still living with her last foster mom and like even even though she is not officially adopted like they see it as family and like that's definitely something that that we for sure relate to yeah i thought that she said they actually did adopt her oh maybe they did i thought it was at a point they definitely there was a line at some point that was like for however long like they didn't need to make it official like it just was Mm. they just were family you know and i was like oh that's nice yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so candy i think is like she's still it sounds like she's still young she's like you know like 19 or 20 or so Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean she seems she seems really sweet seems nice and competent and i don't know if she's gonna come back in the story but she's working at the shop so i'm sure we'll see her around (laughs) she's there she was kind of like and like i kind of was on her side because she comes in for the first time she hasn't been in yet i think she's been like trained at one point but she's never actually worked a shift before and as soon as she comes in bronwyn's like oh thank god you're here Maisie and i are gonna leave and she's like i'm sorry you're leaving me here on my first shift (laughs) 
And Bronwyn's like, yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. Well, the shop doesn't, you know, burn down. Nothing happens. I mean, that Sounds, is true. Seems like everything's <laughs> fine, <laughs> fine the next day. Don't hear anything crazy. Yeah. I think they are still, too. Like, it sounds like they're still only getting, like, you know, five to ten customers a day. So mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like it's super hard to handle, necessarily. But, yeah, you're totally right. This is where Maisie and Bronwyn go to the library, which I thought was interesting because so they decide to go to the library to look shit up online and Bronwyn's like shouldn't we just do this at home and Maisie is like no you idiot like that's in your search history like if they find it like the cops at any point find it like that'll be tagged to you and it'll look suspicious but and I think this might come back when they get there Bronwyn doesn't have her library card but like any library you have to punch in your library card number to get online so mm-hmm. if that's I know that's like an extra well, like everything's tied to you. anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you might as well just clear your browser history and do it at home versus like, right. That's like still in the library's browser history with your library card number attached to it. So we'll see if that comes back. I'm not sure if it will, but I just caught on to that. I was like, mm, amateur sleuth, you're amateuring too much right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's actually funny because I was power reading and like skimming over things. So I missed the part where they were like, why don't we do this at home? And I was also kind of like, why are they at the library? Like, this is going to be so easy to trace. I didn't even like it didn't even run through my mind that like it being on your personal computer or like personal history would be easier to trace than at a library i feel like at a library like everything's public in a library like why would you do that in a public space yeah i don't know i mean they do decide to go to the basement so that no one can like peer over their shoulders but yeah they also print shit like that there's a trace of that too um so yeah there's just there's just lots going on at this point um but they do find some good information while they're there they do yeah Yeah. (laughs) yes um yeah so they i'm not sure which they look up first um but they did look up they well they looked up the drug that was used to kill steve steven Mm, and they mm -hmm. also looked up his criminal history yeah um and i'm i can't remember what he like got in trouble for but he did do some jail time right yeah so that was the part that i was a little bit confused on but they definitely had one of the most recent arrest records and they also said like it wouldn't show more than just the the most current so i think bronwyn was Mm. thinking like there could be more we just couldn't see it but it did show that yeah it was like for like robbery and fraud and like bad checks like things like that that were kind of like oh yeah that sounds exactly like what this person Mm -hmm. has already been accused of doing yeah well the other piece that they got from that is when uh, his picture came up Maisie was like oh yeah that's him that's Peter Sellers so Mm, we we get the connection there it's official Maisie was kind of right that (laughs) Mm -hmm. that Peter Sellers the the new hire was the one who got murdered it just wasn't I mean, I can imagine he had no 
no intention of actually being a new hire ever. Right. So he wasn't exactly who who she thought he was, but they are in fact the same person, Peter Sellers and Stephen Baird. Yeah, we get that confirmation, which is like, we didn't fully have that yet. Because he actually did show up at the store a couple times, so Maisie could actually ID him from the photo, and the photo was of mm-hmm. Stephen Baird. So we get that little connection. Um, is that it for the library? Um, well, they also looked up the drug that was used to kill him. <gasps> That's right. Yes. And yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if this was like too too important of information but I think they did well they, f- they found out that so the drug that was used to kill him is a drug that they that anesthesiologists use uh, to help <laughs> I might get this wrong to help a patient's muscles relax so that they can put the breathing tube in yeah so it's not the actual like anesthetic but it's just kind of like a helper drug yeah that's kind of what that what it sounded like yeah i think you're right that's kind of what i got to that it wasn't the actual thing that puts you to sleep but it was the thing Mm -hmm. that relaxes your muscles so that your body isn't like fighting any of the things that the surgeons have to do yeah so i think what they found out from this google search was that it actually seems like a pretty quick and effective way to kill someone um it works super fast and it paralyzes all of the muscles so basically the victim like suffocates because their lungs stop working oh which is like such a scary yeah which sounds absolutely horrifying and Mm -hmm. they just kind of like stay awake and suffocate to death slowly which is just feels like the most terrifying and worst way (laughs) worst way to go yeah i mean i'm sure it's not the worst way to go but it seems like a very terrifying way to go yeah very scary even though it like seems quicker than other ways to die it seems like yeah like a very scary and abrupt way to all of a sudden find yourself dying Mm -hmm. bronwyn also realizes that i think it was in this conversation where she's like oh my god i literally sat on the bench outside the ice cream shop for so long like i think she was like it was probably like 20 minutes or something like was this person getting murdered like while i was sitting there like was this person just like gasping for air and like you know dying this horrible death while I was sitting there and they kind of decide that because it's so fast acting it was probably happening while she was going back inside to get the um the scoop in the bowl to get the ice cream or the um snow for the snow ice cream Mm. and actually this was a fun little cat moment um Maisie basically like as Bronwyn's kind of going through all of this because Bronwyn's the one that brings it up and it's like oh my god like was this happening like in front of my like within just you know a couple yards from me like was this happening the whole time and Maisie as she's kind of talking through it and then it's like oh no I like went back inside and then I took some time to pet to pet Felice and Maisie immediately goes ah yes Felice saved your saved your life for sure (laughs) and Bronwyn's (laughs) like what and she's like yeah of course like I'm sure Felice just, like, knew something was up and was trying to keep you safe. She was like, oh, okay, yeah, let's let's go with yeah. that. <laughs> be- well, I mean, it totally could be true, because if she mm-hmm. had just powered back outside and seen someone coming up the hill, that's, like, key witness right there. She might yeah. have, you know, been targeted if she had actually, like, seen someone. Yeah, exactly. That's what Maisie says, yeah, that she's, like, 
you know, Felice kept you inside long enough that maybe you didn't actually see the murderer. So it's a good thing mm-hmm. that they didn't see you either. For sure. But I think they also came to the conclusion, and I'm not sure this is going to be a 100% correct. I'm a little suspicious that their thought process on this is flawed, mm. but <laughs> they did, they were trying to, like, profile the killer based on the the murder weapon, and they were like, well, you know, women usually go for poison, while oh, men yeah. usually go for stab. so, like, a little bit stereotypical there, and trying to decide, yeah. like, you know, I guess trying to like narrow it down a little bit, but I think they decided that because the drug was so fast acting and it, it needed to be like really quick and like to kind of like overpower Stephen while it was, you know, being administered, it has to be injected. So they were like, mm. well, I don't know, you kind of have to be like fast and powerful to like overtake someone to do that. So like we were probably looking for a man. But I don't know. I'm a little suspicious of, like, a couple of people who are not men. So we'll see. We'll see if that's true. They definitely also kind of question their own logic on that a little bit later, too. Because I think they also are like, yeah, but wait a minute. There are some women that we want to question about this also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought so, too. That was a little bit stereotypical in terms of gender. Like, it, it felt a little too just a little too black and white i suppose like even if there are stats that are like you know like i do i mean i I know that there are stats that are like women killers are more likely to poison versus like male killers are more likely to you know shoot or stab or you know that kind of thing like i get that but i don't know that it should be as limiting as they let it be at the beginning of this investigation. Yeah, I think also for me, and this is just me speculating as a complete non-expert, but to me it kind of feels like that's not always like a gender line. It's more of a like, is it premeditated or is it out of passion line? And this murder was definitely premeditated. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um... That might have been it at the library. Let's see. What is next? Oh, I think the next thing is the family night. Mm. Yeah. So the family night, Bronwyn's um, family does a really, has a really sweet tradition where their whole family gets together and a new person is like head chef <laughs> that night. And so she goes to that dinner. But before she goes, she's kind of like, I think that was kind of the end of the library scene, actually, is that Maisie and Bronwyn start deciding that, like, their next step has to be to actually get more information from someone about Stephen Baird. And as much as, you know, Bronwyn got some information from her mom, she's kind of like, oh, I can't really talk to my family. Like, they really lost it the last time I brought him up. But she basically starts thinking, like, okay, she actually has three brothers that we haven't met yet. And so she's like, okay, I had an epiphany. I'm going to shake down one of my brothers and try to get as much information from one of them as possible. And so as she's heading to this dinner, she's kind of going through her mind of like, okay, well, my oldest brother is like, he's just like my dad. And like, he's a little bit uppity, but he has so much history, like family history. He would probably know the most. But he also probably wouldn't take anything that I'm doing super seriously. Her, the next brother down, 
was the dentist, I think, Lou. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, okay, Lou might be a good one to do. I forget what like details she gives about him, just that he's a dentist. Yeah, I feel like she didn't give too much of a personal reason why I could feel like for each brother she was like oh he would be good to ask because oh but maybe I shouldn't because you know yeah yeah and I think for Lou it was kind of like yeah he like might know something like you know he's you know obviously older and so he might remember more than me but he's a dentist so I wonder if he has access to that drug oh that's right it was (laughs) it was kind of like a a little bit of a like weak excuse to to not ask him because obviously like I mean it doesn't seem, doesn't seem like anyone in her family is going to be well I don't know maybe I'll, I'll be surprised at the end but it doesn't seem like anyone in her family should be under a hundred percent suspicion so yeah that one wasn't spoiler alert she ends up asking him because yeah. it wasn't like an actual reason <laughs> <laughs> yeah well her younger brother sounded like or. She's the youngest of all of them, but the youngest of the brothers seems like the actual worst option because she's like, yeah, like, I don't think I'm even going to ask, like, attempt to think about asking him because he would tell, he would, like, go straight to my dad and Pop Pop and tell tell them, like, immediately everything. So she's like, he's definitely the worst option. I'm not going with him. It's not, like, her, it sounds like her, the youngest of the brothers um, when she described him, he was like, yeah, he's still like, he he's still a doctor, but he doesn't like have his own practice. He like works for a nonprofit and like, you know, homeless shelters. And, you know, like he's definitely like, he's just like a more like open and kind of like free spirited person. So it was like, it wouldn't be anything malicious that he would, you know, let everything spill. It's just like, he literally cannot keep a secret. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. He did seem like one of the coolest ones. Cause he was right. He like, right. Started his own nonprofit. That's like, he's still in the medical field, but she described him as the only one that doesn't have, like is still in the medical field, but doesn't have a huge bank account. So it sounds like he's mm-hmm. like, sacrificed a lot to do what he does oh we also kind of missed um so the oldest brother this actually does come back um into play a little bit later the oldest brother actually works in sports medicine so just log that away for a few minutes down the road Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) um so lou actually does end up being a really good choice to to talk to he is a little bit like grumbly at first so basically they don't go into detail about the dinner but that except that she um has actually she's so she's actually walked just like kind of lost in thought from the store up to her parents house and when she gets there everyone's like didn't you drive this morning i saw your car at the ice cream shop and she's like god damn it so uh, they basically are like that's all right one of us will drive you back down to get your car so you can go home and so she her dad is like i'll do it and she's like no why don't why doesn't lou do it so she kind of orchestrates this whole situation and um as lou is driving her to her car she brings it up and he's kind of like tight-lipped at first because he just keeps saying like we don't talk she basically just flat up brings it up like she kind of toes around it a little bit but she's basically like what do you know about stephen baird and he's like we don't talk about that person Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh it takes a couple like a little bit of prodding and she finally kind of comes out with 
everything that she knows, including the fact that their dad is under suspicion. And that's when he finally starts taking it seriously. Oh, there was this really funny moment. I really liked at the beginning when um, he thinks that she's trying to tell him that she has a cavity. And so he like keeps grabbing for her mouth to be like, show me your teeth. (laughs) She's like, no, that's not what this is about. Get your hands out of my face. Um, Yeah, yeah. She like, it it felt very like sibling-esque because she literally was putting her hand in front of her mouth to be like, no, I'm (laughs) telling you that's not what this is about. Stop it. But yeah, once he's like finally in the conversation that she like wants to be having with him, he does have a lot of information. And this is actually, so this is the start of where we get all the information that um, it wasn't just the Cruz family that was targeted by Stephen Baird, but that he sort of came into Chagrin Falls and just, like, fucked up everyone's life, Mm -hmm. almost. Especially in the, like, business, like, the business community Mm -hmm. in this specific area. Yeah. So he, he's the one that kind of brings up, he kind of goes through, like, by person, like, person by person. Oh, he brings up our favorite, uh, Mrs. Devereaux. Yeah, which was also kind of blown past. She doesn't actually get questioned. So I think in that, I can't remember who they mentioned first, but they, well, actually, I think the first family they mentioned was the the bike shop owners. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. So he was like, oh, yeah, well, obviously, like, the bike shop owners, like, when he uh, absconded with this poor man's wife um she actually took their son with him mm-hmm. um with the the two of them and so this bike shop owner was kind of like left and his wife disappeared and took their son dan right um or danny dan i can't remember i think danny yeah yeah um so that's kind of like one story that comes back in a bit um but then he yeah, he also mentions Miss uh, Miss Devereaux, which was kind of blown past. So I feel like mm-hmm. she needs to be questioned later on, but she was not questioned uh, this time. Yeah. Um, and then he also mentioned um, the Wallaces. Yeah. So the former, there was a business, there was a family restaurant in the shop where Malta's is now, in the building where Malta's is now. And I think that was that family. So the husband. Oh, his, his first name was Wallace. The Kellers. Oh, the Kellers. That's right. Okay. So Wallace is unfortunately deceased. But Bronwyn pretty quickly realizes, oh, but his widow is my landlady. So Fancy that. Yes. That is one of our next stops is that she runs in to get some ice cream to bribe sweet old mrs keller and then runs back home but stops at her landlady's apartment first and brings her some ice cream and gets the real scoop the deadly inside scoop uh-huh. <laughs> <Hey-o>. <laughs> hey that's the name of the book um gets yeah she really gets the like lowdown on what happened to that family which is also not great and also a lot more info on Ari and his connection to things mm-hmm. yeah super suspicious looking for Ari yeah so basically the story that Mrs. Keller tells Bronwyn is that yeah let's see if I can remember okay so 
she and her husband had a restaurant. It was just like a family-run business that they loved. They operated for a really long time. And right around the time it started to get close to them, like, retiring, but they, like, weren't thinking about retiring yet. Um, but they were behind on some back ta- on like, taxes to the city. And apparently there's a a loophole. I don't know if this is, like, in, like, state by state or city by city or what, but apparently there is a loophole where if someone else pays off the taxes for a specific property, they can foreclose on that property within like a year or something. If that person, if the owner, actual owners don't pay that, those taxes back, which seems really wild to me. Like that doesn't seem like a law that should be a thing. Yeah. But no, it does not. It seems very shady. Yeah. And obviously was very shady because that's exactly what happened to them. Yeah. Ari came in and uh paid their taxes to the city and so then he technically like owned their debt Mm -hmm. and so obviously he was in league with stephen bayard because uh stephen bayard had kind of like weaseled his way into the to the good graces of like everyone in the neighborhood and Mm -hmm. so they trusted him and when he offered to help and, you know, like, loan them money, they were like, oh, yeah, of course, like, sure. So they took a loan from him instead of the bank, and it ended up not being a real check. Yeah. So that whole, yeah, basically that gave, by the time, I think, it must have been the time frame of it, too, like, as the quote-unquote loan was coming through, like, maybe they wouldn't have had time anymore to go to an actual bank afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, by that time, Ari swooped in and foreclosed on their business and basically, like, made it so they had to sell him their business at, like, a huge, like, discounted margin, not what it was worth at all. And, um, yeah, well, I think they also were smart in targeting in who they targeted because it didn't even get to the point of him having to foreclose on the business. He just came to them and was like, don't you want to not have to go through this oh, process? Yeah. And they were like, yeah, we really don't. We're old and like going to retire anyway. We'll just sell it to you for like pennies. Yeah, true. Good point. Oh, so shady. So like they all are even caught like that's the word that Bronwyn uses that Maisie uses that even Mrs. Keller uses um yeah it's just really underhanded really not cool Ari so basically this is where Maisie is like Maisie didn't know any of this before but her spidey senses of Ari being kind of a a not so savory character are at least for now being acknowledged being validated Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the next morning is the morning that Maisie wakes Bronwyn up at like 4 a.m., which. Yeah, is... which is ungodly. Why would you do that to someone? Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's even a day that like Bronwyn's like, I get to sleep in today. Like they made all the ice cream for the store yesterday. So I'm not even getting up, supposed to get up at five. And even if I was, this is before my fucking alarm would have gone off, you crazy person. Yeah, you monster. Yeah, you monster. (laughs) So, um, but Maisie's just so jazzed up. And she also hadn't 
she had texted Bronwyn a bunch the night before and is like, I can tell you're sleuthing without me. And Bronwyn hadn't responded. So she got up and woke her up at 4 a.m. I think this is where they put together the murder board. Uh, I think this is kind of where they go through their, like, another one of their conversations about, like, the tactics they're going to be using and, like, questions versus following versus, like, what they should actually be doing. Oh, Mrs. Keller also gives them the information. And I think Lou also had mentioned this, too, that Danny... So Danny is the son of the bike shop owners. But when... Mrs. Bike Shop Owner left with Stephen. She took Danny, and Mr. Bike Shop Owner did not get to see his son, Danny, for a really long time. And then Danny actually moved back to Chagrin Falls, like, I don't know if it was recently, but, like, definitely at some point moved back to take care of his dad and to reconnect with his dad. And he apparently is, like, sort of a, as both of them kind of put it like he's super helpful to all of the people in the business community he like you know shovels snow for um Bronwyn's grandpa which Bronwyn thought was him but she was like oh my god he hasn't been doing that himself the whole time that's been Danny apparently he like goes shopping for uh, Mrs. Keller and like he just is around and doing a lot of like helpful things for people which at first I was like oh that's so sweet but now as I'm talking about it I'm like yeah, but isn't that also probably what Steven did to, like, initiate, initially, like, ingratiate himself to everyone? Yes, probably. But it also, yeah. But it, it I mean, it, to me, it kind of sounded like maybe a, I mean, not survivor's guilt, because obviously, like, it's not a survivor versus, you know, like, tragedy situation. But, mm-hmm. um, but it did kind of seem like, you know... A, a little bit of like him feeling guilty and trying to like come back and take care of the community that like I mean Stephen wasn't really anything to him but like his mom did like run off with him you know yeah so to me it kind of felt like him coming back and being like I don't want anyone to like pay attention to me I'm like embarrassed that this happened and feel guilty that my family like was a part of it yeah and I'm just kind of like taking care of things but he does yeah and it does seem like very sweet but it also is I think puts him squarely in the suspicious category just because his family was like completely torn apart and he came back and is obviously feeling you know has all sorts of feelings about it and is you know not happy with what happened Mm -hmm. and like, it, I don't know. It doesn't really say, like, how his life turned out, but I'm sure it, like, really impacted him as a young child and growing up. So yeah. he is definitely on Bronwyn's radar, um, and he gets quickly shifted up to kind of, I guess, same suspect level as Ari mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. So I think he's... Um, I don't, I don't know where he is on their murder board, but he is the one that they, they decide to follow next and try to kind of like scope out and see what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they have to wait for like hours because it is 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, hence the murder boards. Um, yeah. 
But then they do kind of get going. And um, actually, Bronwyn has a really intense, as they start to get going, they have a semi-plan to kind of go to Danny's house and, like, kind of stake it out to just see what's going on there and kind of follow him if he does come out. And I think Bronwyn makes kind of a private plan to be like, well, if anything comes up, like... Yeah, we can talk to him, but also she's telling Maisie, because Maisie, I think in her mind, is going a little overboard with, like, we have to shake him down. And she's, like, Mm -hmm. telling Maisie, like, no, we are only following. Meanwhile, she's, like, kind of in her head being like, well, maybe if, like, something comes up, we'll, like, casually bring it up or whatever. But before that, she actually has kind of an intense conversation with her family because she stops. Maisie waits in the car. She goes in just to kind of check on everyone. And it was going to be kind of just a casual stop, but as she's standing there, or as she comes in just to say hi, she catches her parents and her pop-pop in the little breakfast nook, like, all together, talking about whether or not her dad should get a lawyer because Detective Beverly has asked him to come answer some more questions, but to come down to the station this time. So they're all a little apprehensive about that, and... um, they're kind of leaning towards like, okay, he should probably have a lawyer there with him um, if he's actually going to the station and if he's being questioned a second time. Mm-hmm. So um, Bronwyn like also kind of lets slip that she's doing something and her mom kind of catches on, but doesn't really follow up too too much. And so then they like, she like runs back out to the car with Maisie and they like book it immediately to um, Danny's because now she's like, wow, we're, like, really under the gun. We have to figure this out before, um, like, things are starting to pick up with her dad being suspected. Yeah, but we do get also a little... I mean, her dad's not totally out of the woods, but we do get a little bit of an alibi for him. Oh, that's right, yeah. In this conversation, because as we might recall, during the night of the murder, he shows up, like much later than Wynn's mom and he's like in sweatpants and boots and he's like oh mm-hmm. I just came from work she's like there's absolutely no like no way it's not possible those are not your work clothes like you are lying to me and I don't know why mm-hmm. so it turns out she like confronts him um, during this conversation and he like looks a little bit confused and uh, taken aback which makes me think that it's not just a, an excuse that he came up with yeah um, but he he lets her know that he actually was at work and he had uh, but he wasn't working at the hospital so he wasn't coming from like his workspace he was helping out her brother her oldest brother who works in sports medicine. So he was mm-hmm. like out in like sports fields. Yeah. Or f- football f- field stadiums. Uh huh. What's the sports term for that? Sure. <laughs> sports yes. fields. That's right. Right. <laughs> he was on some grass. He was in the wilderness <laughs> <laughs> with sports people doing sports medicine. And um, so her brother had actually lent him those clothes because he showed up in a suit and her brother was like, absolutely not. That's not going to work here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not like what we do here. So, yeah. And he seemed to answer pretty quickly, too. Yeah. Like you said. So it didn't seem like. It didn't seem suspicious at all, right? It didn't seem like he was thinking up something or had thought up something. He seemed genuinely like, oh, you've been thinking about that? No, that, like, wasn't even a thing. Um, Oh, but she does ask him, like, why didn't you tell... Have you told um, 
uh, Detective Beverly that. And he was like, no, because I just stopped answering his questions because he was, you know, obviously suspecting me. Um, But he also said there's still a time discrepancy because he had been at the sports medicine field grass area um, (laughs) earlier in the night. But then when he got the call to come to the... um, the store because Bronwyn had found the body. It actually turns out he hadn't come directly from um, that job um, helping his son. He had actually gone in between to the graveyard because he wanted to talk to his mom and have like a nice little moment with his, you know, mom's gravestone. And um, he said he was feeling nostalgic because his wife, because Bronwyn's mom, had told him about Stephen Baird being back in town and he was feeling extra like you know, everything stirred up and all of that. So um, he had wanted to go like to the graveyard and see his mom's, you know, resting place and pay respects. And apparently he was there for a while because he even took like a chair out of the car and like sat there for a while. So he was kind of like, yeah, I don't really have an alibi. Like I, I kind of did, but the timeline doesn't add up according to what Detective Beverly has told me. Mm hmm. Yeah. So that's not great either. (laughs) Yes. So we're less suspicious of her dad, but Mm -hmm. still got some work to do to make sure that his name is cleared. Yes. Yeah. So next is the stakeout, right? Yeah. Yeah. They fly off to Danny's and um, they stake him out for not too, too long because he kind of comes out pretty immediately so they follow him um and so they follow him to a few different stops i think it's like a cvs and like something else oh a bakery like things that are very like they basically were like it wasn't a home depot to buy like rope and duct tape so nothing (laughs) super suspicious i don't know what they were suspecting (laughs) i know it's like if he killed that one person for a very specific reason he's not like and the body's already been found like he's not trying to kill again necessarily but who knows at least not yet Mm -hmm. but they do end up following so at first they don't even know if it's him because they couldn't find apparently he doesn't have any social media they couldn't find a picture of him anywhere um which i also find slightly suspicious but like also social media is terrible so not judging but it turns out it is him because they end up following him to a retirement home slash like assisted living center where his they had previously learned that his dad lives and Mm -hmm. is being taken care of um so they see him walk in and out there they actually even follow him inside at one point because they also see inside Glennis Vale. Glennis Vale. Who is that? Oh man. So going all the way back, she was that <laughs> person at the. Um, she was the mom at the. Um, well, first at the movie theater, out front, like yelling for her son Jasper, and then at the scene when they find the body, she's kind of like w- lurking around with her son. And she's the one that Bronwyn is like, I saw her son. I heard her call for him right before, like, they might have seen something. And she's like, mm-hmm. no, my son is cold. I have to go inside with him. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty wild. So we see her in scrubs. 
So we're like, oh, shit, she's a nurse at the assisted living center where Danny's dad lives. So mm-hmm. Maisie and Bronwyn kind of start like riffing back and forth between like what that could mean. And so they kind of land on like, oh, my God, what if she's in love with Danny? They're in it together. She probably because she's a nurse, seemingly, she probably has access to said muscle relaxant. That is the murder weapon. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh. So now we've got some real pieces in play here. <laughs> yes, we do. So now we have, what, three, three key people on our suspect list that are looking a co-white suspicious yeah we're definitely getting more of a we're definitely getting more up on the murder board than we had before (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah for sure yeah and is the last are we up to the last thing is it the um i think we are yeah their trip out to the university Mm -hmm. so um earlier in the 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 segment that we read um clara from the local college and of the massive catering job that Bronwyn and (laughs) and the store got. Mm -hmm. She calls earlier in this section and is like, hi, yes, like, please, I need the contracts. Like, bring the contracts over by 3 p.m. tomorrow. And also she, like, she seems like, I don't like Clara very much. She's, like, super pryy. She's like, oh, also, do you know anything about that murder that happened near you? Isn't that crazy? And so Bronwyn's (laughs) like, I felt bad lying. I was like, I would not have felt bad lying. I would have been like, absolutely not. Goodbye. Like, I don't owe you any (laughs) answers. No idea what you're talking about. Get out of here. Yeah, which she does kind of do. But then she's like, I felt bad about lying to her. And I was like, boundaries, Bronwyn. You do not need to tell her anything. This is not your friend. This is your employer? Short-term employer? Client. Yeah, something. Someone that doesn't, you don't owe an explanation of your personal life to. Right. Yeah, so this is that time. They have, like, figured out all of their recipes that they're going to do they drop the contract and so Bronwyn has Maisie drive her out to the college I forget why she has Maisie drive her is it just so they can talk about murder board suspects (laughs) yeah that seems right (laughs) yeah they're together for some it was some reason that Bronwyn was like I had Maisie drive me Um, were they planning to do something afterwards yeah I feel like maybe they were maybe Maybe they were planning to like do some more sleuthing. Do some more stakeout. Well, we'll find out after because yeah, we'll we don't get to that part when yet. we start reading again. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, yeah, this section ends with this last little bit here. So um, Bronwyn goes into Clara's office. She gets a little lost and turned around, as I feel like most people do on a college campus. Yeah, Even though two of her brothers. Well. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, that was just a comment on college campuses and how confusing they are. They're never set up well. (laughs) No, they're never set up well. And um, it was funny because she was like, two of my brothers went here and I still only knew how to, like, get to their dorms. Like, I Mm -hmm. don't know anything else. Yeah. Um, But so she does end up, Maisie stays in the car again, and she does end up at Clara's office. And as soon as she walks in, who's there? Dun, dun, dun. it's Ari Ari Suspect is there number one. <laughs> yeah. 
So Ari apparently is the caterer of the, so there were two events, the president's mm-hmm. dinner and the ice cream social. The ice cream social is next week. The president's dinner is coming up this week. So soon. So soon. It was a last minute cancellation and change as we discovered in the last section. That's true. But Bronwyn does also suspect that Ari was also hired as last minute as she was. Yeah. So it must have been just like everything fell through. <laughs> everything yeah. Fell, fell through for them. Yeah, because in the last section, didn't they say it fell through? Like the ice cream part fell through because mm-hmm. their like freezer trucks were broken? Yeah, it was something really specific to the ice cream dessert person, not yeah. the caterer. So now well, I think I Claire that... is a little suspicious. Yeah, maybe Claire is a little... Yeah, maybe Ari did something to take out the competition. <gasps> oh, shit! What? Throwing out scenarios here. My God. Well, we do find out, though. So we do find out that Ari admits to having a shady past, but that he's over mm. it and past it now. So if he was doing some shady shit now... I don't know. I don't know if we... 100% believe him. Oh, That's but we do <laughs> learn in that conversation. Well, first of all, <laughs> Wynn comes in, like, guns blazing. Oh, my when God. she is left alone with Ari, I was like, girl, calm it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bring it back down a notch. Like, oh, my what God. what are you doing? This That is not the approach that I would have taken. But no. I'm also a big baby when it comes to confronting people. So. <laughs> I mean, she did get a lot of information. That's true. She did. Yeah, I think she hit a lot of buttons for him. And also, he's kind of like, I guess he gets to a point where he's like, I don't have anything to hide. So, like, whatever. I'll just tell you. Yeah. What else do you want to know? Yeah. Yeah, he does vehemently deny murdering Stephen Bayard. He does eventually admit to being in cahoots with him Mm -hmm. um, back in the day. But he also lets slip that they had, like, a whole team of like con artists because yeah. he was like, Oh yes. He like Stephen Bayard came back, you know, like I was a part of his crew in the past. We did some shady business. I'm, you know, a re- reformed businessman. Now I'd like, I'm not doing that anymore. He came back cause he wanted, like he had one more idea. He wanted to like pull one more job and he was mm-hmm. trying to get the crew back together. And, um, I didn't want any part of it. So he was trying to kind of like blackmail him a little bit to get him on to get Ari on the on this new job. So we don't have any information about what that is, but it does make me very suspicious of what's her name who gave the alibi. Yes. Yes. Because I'm like, she's probably on that crew. Oh, you're so right. She and they got their like wires crossed about like what they were going to tell people versus what they weren't or whatever. Or she just gave the alibi because she didn't want Ari to get in trouble because she's still trying to convince him to come (gasps) back to the team. Ooh, that too. So he owes her now because she gave an alibi. Although it wasn't really official. She gave an alibi to someone who she probably did not need to give an alibi to. Yeah, and I also feel like one... I mean, not that that's... No, maybe I shouldn't say that. I was going to say, like, I feel like one person being like, yeah, we, like, slept together and, like, we were there all night. Like, that doesn't hold as much weight as being, like, yeah, I was working a shift in my ice cream shop and, you know, this many people came in or whatever. You know, like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's the kind of thing that could be – I mean, it can't be proven unless you're, like, I don't know. Never mind. I'm getting off track. 
<laughs> yeah, well, in this same conversation that Wynn has with Ari, he obviously, well, I don't know. I mean, either he is trying to protect, what's her name? Oh, Althea. Althea. Yeah. Either he's trying to protect Althea's reputation or he just has, like, no idea that she gave an alibi for him. Mm. Because in his conversation with Wynn, he was like, just so you know, I was, like, busy all night. I can't remember what he said he was busy with. And he was like, and I know you're going to ask. No, I don't have an alibi. Like, no one was there with me. I was yeah. by myself all night. Yeah, exactly. Which is really interesting. And then he stormed mm-hmm. off. Like, it kind of, they, the way they set it up was that, like, Cara or uh, Clara had, like, I guess she just kind of let them wander. But it seemed like one of those situations where, like, Clara should have been there to be like, and here's the, like, space where you're going to be, you know, where, Ari, Mm -hmm. you can use the ovens, and here's the freezer for you, Bronwyn. And then Clara just kind of, like, pieces. And then Ari just, like, walks away. Like, he literally just is like, okay, goodbye. We're done talking. bye. (laughs) Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, they're in the parking lot, and he's driving away. And then O shows up. Surprise. He works there, too. <laughs> Surprise. We already knew that. Yeah. And he's the one that recommended Bronwyn and Cruz Creamery to Clara. So kind of mm-hmm. the reason they have the job, too. But, yeah, this is where we learn that he's written a bunch of books about crime. And he kind of talks about Detective Beverly coming to him for advice on this mm-hmm. case. And he's, like, really cagey about it but and doesn't say, like, specifically about what. But it is really interesting to say the least yes indeed yeah i suspect that will be elaborated on in the next section yeah but that's kind of where we is i mean that's kind of it right that's kind of where we leave it for now i think so yeah i was trying to think if there's anything else in that conversation with O and bronwyn but i think that's kind of it and then yeah of course we get back to the car and Maisie. As much as Bronwyn's trying to like keep O keep Maisie from seeing her with O, of course she does, and is like fawning all over the two of them. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> Which makes me think that like Look who it yeah, is. Yeah, it's like maybe not as foregone a conclusion that he does actually like her. Because I thought it was kind of obvious the moment where yeah, what was it? It was like Maisie's oh Maisie's like going crazy in the car when she sees them and he's like wow she's really excited to see you and she's like no I think she's really excited to see both of us and he's like what does that mean and like I don't know I feel like that was pretty obvious of like she is excited for us to be together but maybe not maybe I was reading into that yeah Hmm. well either way this conversation also felt kind of like another step if he was going to be a love interest that he's like a little more interesting and less there's more to the soup kitchen line guy or the soup the soup line guy than was previously thought Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but yeah i think that's it for now yeah oh we did it yeah oh oh a lot to a lot to learn (laughs) a lot to think on a lot to read more about in the next section a lot to catch up your murder boards with yeah if you're following along and making your own murder board oh my gosh please make very your own murder impressive board. that would be amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah extra credit for you yes 
Uh, well, thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back with the dramatic conclusion of a deadly inside <sighs> scoop. Well, again, sending love, guys. Hope you guys are all doing well. Um, if you do need something to kind of take your mind off of things, our live stream from Halloween on <sighs> the Best Friends Animal Rescue Twitch yes. is still up. You can watch that. It was mm-hmm. about an hour and a half of just fun Halloween cat related catio spooky corner business Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i think we still have the link up on our social media so you can go to paranormal captivity pod on instagram or paranormal pod on twitter or i think i made a short link it was shoot what was it bit.ly slash paranormal halloween that's what it was uh, woo, woo. Paranormal yeah. Halloween. yeah 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 and that should take you right there that was so fun thank you best friends for doing it letting us do that um that was such a blast also shout out if you guys have not gotten or seen or looked at so the company that put out the game exploding kittens has a new game out and it's called cat and mouth and it is just the most fun they were so sweet and sent both me and julia um versions of the game um like copies of the game and so we played it virtually on the halloween live stream and it was so much fun yeah it was a lot of fun and i was a little i'm not gonna lie i was a little bit concerned about how it was gonna go virtually but i Mm -hmm. think you can totally play i mean it was obviously like a faster round i think if you're not playing against another person mm-hmm. but definitely totally possible yeah 100 percent, probably just as fun and i guarantee you can make a really fun drinking game out of it oh yes for sure <laughs> <laughs> so if you need something that is fun to do with friends and family who are still socially distancing that's a good option yes for sure so cat and mouth check that out best friends animal rescue check them out um yeah and pet your kitties for us and your puppies and all your fuzzy critters all fuzzy critters scaly scaly critters you always bring the scalies in and i'm fine with that (laughs) (laughs) feathery critters feathery critters (laughs) Got, them, oh. got some cuddly little feathery critters. Oh. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye.